What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, November 18th, 2022. Coming up this hour. A leadership change on Capitol Hill. Nancy Pelosi withdraws as Democratic leader. Stocks enter this last day of the week looking to reverse two days of losses. Elon Musk's ultimatum spur an exodus at Twitter. And Amazon says job cuts could continue into next year. Buffalo, New York is getting slammed by a major snowstorm. Plus today, the U.S. has condemned North Korea latest weapons test. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stash, Aaron Sports. Aaron Judge named MVP. The Titans beat the Packers. The Nets and Devils won. The Rangers and Islanders lost. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. I'm Amy Morris. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by B&Y Mellons Pershing. Learn why the world's most sophisticated wealth management and institutional firms rely on Pershing to help them improve profitability, create efficiency, attract talent, and manage risk at Pershing.com. And futures are pointing higher this morning. It is 6.01 on Wall Street. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures are up 27 points. Dow futures up 163. NASDAQ futures are higher by 106 points. The DAX in Germany, CAC and Paris both up 1.3% right now. Ten-year treasuries down 6 30 seconds, the yield 3.78%, yield on the two-year 4.47%. NYMEX crude's down a half percent now at $81.27 a barrel, and the euro trading at 1.0366 against the dollar. Amy? Nathan, we begin in Washington where reaction is still pouring in to Nancy Pelosi stepping down as House Democratic leader. The move opens the way for a generational change in leadership. Democrats are now rallying behind Brooklyn native Hakeem Jeffries as their next leader. We spoke with former New York congressman and Democratic caucus chair Joe Crowley about the shift. I think he will be cordial. I think he'll be professional. Uh, they may not agree. They may not even like each other. But I don't think that's going to stop Hakeem uh, from doing what he thinks is the best interest uh, of the American people. And I think that is paramount there. Former New York Congressman Joe Crowley spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg's Sound On. Catch the show weekday afternoons at 5 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. All right, well, let's talk markets, Amy. Stocks running this final day of the week off two days of losses. Allspring Global Investments, head of Active Equity and Maletti, says we may be closing in on a bottom. If we're headed into a recession, if we're headed into this environment of higher rates, higher inflation, how can really, you know, risk assets, meme stocks, cryptocurrency, things like that continue to be either go up or be stable? And the fact that we're finally seeing breakdowns in those markets is um, a welcoming sign. It, it means that we're getting closer to the, you know, maybe to the bottoming period. 
Allspring Global Investments and Maletti notes the S&P's lowest level came just last month with a reading just shy of 3,500. And weighing on markets, more hawkish talk from the Fed. St. Louis Fed President James Bullard is saying interest rates should rise to at least 5% to curb inflation. The policy rate still isn't at a zone that might be considered sufficiently restrictive. To get to this sufficiently restrictive level of policy, uh, we'll need to increase the policy rate further. St. Louis Fed President James Bullard does not appear to be alone in that assessment. His tough talk being echoed by Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari. We are all united in our commitment to getting inflation back down to our 2% target. It's an open question of how far we are going to have to go with interest rates to bring that demand down into balance. We have raised interest rates a lot this year, so there's a lot of tightening in the pipeline. We have not felt the full effects yet, and yet inflation is still very high. Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari says the full effect of rate hikes may not be felt for a year or more. All right, let's turn to corporate news now, Amy. The focus is back on Elon Musk. The self-proclaimed chief twit is finding some of his ultimatums at Twitter falling flat. Ed Baxter has the story from our Bloomberg 960 newsroom in San Francisco. The latest ultimatum to commit to the company's new hardcore work environment or leave the company by the deadline to sign the agreement hundreds of employees had refused with many posting the now familiar salute, which is the sign that they are leaving the company. Now, this prompted Musk to change his work-at-home policy and leave it up to managers to ensure the company that the workers are making an excellent contribution. The question remains, though, how many employees either will remain or will return whether there'll be enough to service the system. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Ed. While Musk is cutting staff in the U.S., it may be a different picture overseas. The EU's internal market commissioner says Musk will have to increase the number of Twitter moderators in Europe. He also wants Musk to share Twitter's algorithms. Terry Brayton, Terry Brayton made the comments in an interview with France Info. Well, the pain at Amazon may not end anytime soon, Amy. CEO Andy Jassy says the e-commerce giant will be cutting jobs into next year as it adjusts to business conditions. The story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. These represent his first public comments about the cost reduction plans roiling Amazon since reports that have planned to wipe out about 10,000 jobs. In a statement, Jassy said, quote, leaders across the company are working with their teams and looking at their workforce levels, investments they want to make in the future, and prioritizing what matters most to customers and the long-term health of our businesses. Some employees posting to company message boards have been critical of Jassy being silent this week since news of the job cuts became public. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thank you, Charlie. Taking a look at some stocks on the move this morning. Shares of applied materials up 4%. The chip equipment maker gave a sales forecast that beat estimates thanks to supply chain improvements. Shares of Gap are up almost 8%. Comparable sales for the third quarter topped estimates at Gap. And another retailer, Raw Stores, up 16% after boosting its full-year forecast. Despite all the turmoil at FTX, Amy, Bitcoin's heading for a weekly gain. The token's up about 3% this week, while the gauge of the leading virtual coins has added about 1%. It's a sharp contrast to last week when Bitcoin slid 23% as Sam Bankman-Fried's FTX empire collapsed. Checking Bitcoin now, it's up a half percent on the day, $16,760. S&P futures are up 24 points, Dow futures up 140, NASDAQ futures higher by 93 points. Local headlines and a check of sports next. This is Bloomberg. 
Thank you, Nathan. 607 on Wall Street. We bring in Michael Barr now to find out what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Amy. Lake effect snow is burying parts of the Midwest and Northeast. In western New York, a driving ban is in effect for all of Erie County, home to nearly one million people. This is considered an extreme event, an extreme weather event. That means it's dangerous. It also means it's life-threatening. New York Governor Kathy Hochul says at least three feet of snow is forecast by the end of the weekend. The word has been out nationally, statewide, locally to all the commercial truck drivers. You need to stay off the New York State Thruway and the other roads to be identified during this storm event for your protection but also the protection of other motorists on the road. Governor Hochul, in November of 2014, a lake effect system dumped more than five feet of snow on western New York that left 13 people dead. New York Governor Hochul announced that construction of a new terminal at JFK Airport would begin early next year following a pause in the project due to the pandemic. According to a statement from Hochul's office, the new Terminal 6 is a privately financed development that is expected to cost around $4.2 billion. The first phase is expected to be done by 2026. North Korea has fired an intercontinental ballistic missile that landed near Japanese waters in the second major weapons test this month that showed a potential ability to launch nuclear strikes on all of the U.S. mainland. The U.S. quickly slammed the launch. Vice President Kamala Harris is in Thailand for the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Leaders Summit. Together, the countries represented here will continue to urge North Korea to commit to serious and sustained diplomacy. Meanwhile, China and Russia have opposed U.S. moves to toughen sanctions against the North. Prosecutors in Los Angeles rested their case in the trial of Harvey Weinstein, who they allege raped two women and sexually assaulted two others. Testimony came from 44 witnesses. A final Senate vote to pass legislation to protect the right of same-sex marriage will be pushed until after the Thanksgiving holiday. The Respect for Marriage Act cleared another procedural hurdle late last night with a 53-23 vote to take up the bill. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Amy. All right. Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Sports Report, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. Thanks, Amy. There had been some chatter that despite what Aaron Judge was doing, hitting all those home runs, what Shohei Otani was doing, hitting and pitching, was worthy of a repeat American League MVP award. But in the end, the vote was lopsided. Judge got 28 first-place votes, Otani only two, and Judge in a season where he, of course, had a record 62 home runs. The first Yankee outfielder to be named MVP since Mickey Mantle. In 1962, the Cardinals, Paul Goldsmith, won of the National League. Thrilling win for the Nets in Portland. A tip-in with less than a second to go by Royce O'Neal and a 109-107 win over the Blazers. Kevin Durant scored 35. KD recently made some comments about the lack of talent around him, but O'Neal last night had a triple-double, and Ben Simmons had his best game as a net. He scored 15. Knicks already 2-0 on their trip, playing tonight at Golden State. Overtime in the NHL, a win for the Devils, another one. 3-2 to two in Toronto to stretch their winning streak to 11, an OT loss for the Rangers. They lost 3-2 in Seattle after Vincent Trocek had tied the game with two minutes left. Islanders lost to Nashville 5-4. to St. John's now 4-0, beat Nebraska by 20. 
in Brooklyn, Arizona State beat Michigan by 25. Thursday night football in Green Bay, Tennessee won 27 to 17. Ryan Tannehill outplayed Aaron Rodgers, 22 of 27. 333 passing yards, two touchdowns. Derrick Henry scored, and he threw a TD pass, and the Titans have won seven of their last eight, and the Packers have lost six of seven. The Eagles have signed veteran defensive tackle and Dominican Sue. Sunday's Browns-Bills game moved out of snowy Buffalo to be played indoors in Detroit. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports, Amy. All right, thank you, John. And futures are higher. S&P futures up 24 points. Dow futures up 133 points. NASDAQ futures up 93 points. The 10-year Treasury down 7.30 seconds to yield at 3.79%. This is Bloomberg. The Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local Tri-State Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. Nathan Hager, futures are looking to snap a two-day losing streak for stocks. It was triggered by Federal Reserve signals that uh, interest rate hikes uh, are going to stay with us for a while yet. We check the markets every 15 minutes during the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are up 25 points. Dow futures up 147. NASDAQ futures are higher by 97 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 730 seconds now. The yield 3.79%. Yield on the two-year, 4.48%. NYMEX crudes lower by three-tenths percent or 25 cents at $81.39 a barrel. COMEX gold up two-tenths percent or $3.90 at $17.81.70 an ounce. The euro 1.0376 against the dollar. The yen 139.79. Bitcoins up four-tenths percent, $16,750. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. And now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. North Korea has fired an intercontinental ballistic missile that landed near Japanese waters. It is the second major weapons test this month that showed a potential ability to launch nuclear strikes on all of the U.S. mainland. The Biden administration told a judge Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman cannot be sued in the U.S. over the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi because as a head of a government, he is immune. If the judge adopts the U.S. finding, it would effectively end the lawsuit filed by Khashoggi's fiancée. In the NBA, the Nets lost. In the NHL, the Rangers lost to the Kraken in overtime 3-2. The Devils won their 11th straight, this one in OT against the Maple Leafs 3-2. The Islanders lost. The Bruins won. Capitals lost in a shootout to the Blues 5-4. In football, the Titans down the Packers 27-17. In baseball, the Yankees, Aaron Judge won the AL MVP. The Cardinals' Paul Goldschmidt won the NL honor. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Amy. All right. Thank you, Michael. It is 620 on Wall Street. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is stepping down from her leadership position as Republicans get ready to take over the majority in the House of Representatives. Professor Wendy Schiller is director of the Alfred Taubman Center for American Politics and Policy at Brown University, and she joins us now. Thanks so much for taking the time with us today, Wendy. Were you at all surprised by Pelosi's decision? 
Um, good morning, Amy. I was not surprised. You know, uh, people may remember that in 2018, when the Democrats captured the House, winning many, many seats, right, uh, I think 41 seats in that election, that midterm election, she said to the caucus, I will stay and, and be leader for four years, and then we'll revisit it. So I won't try to stay beyond that if the caucus doesn't want me to do that. So there was already an indication that she would step down. You know, the difference is that, let's say, look at Newt Gingrich stepping down in 1998, for those of us who remember it. You know, the, at that party had lost eight seats. Republicans kept control. But it was generally, you know, figured he was sort of out, pushed out the door. Not, you know, it's not true here. She's stepping down because I think she realizes that it's a perfect time to give the mantle over to, a, a, a frankly, a newer, uh, probably, you know, slightly more diverse and younger cohort of Democratic leaders. Yeah, she did say it's time for a new generation to lead the Democrats. So who would that be? Well, you know, I think for a long time people have been suggesting Hakeem Jeffries. You know, he made his mark uh, as head of the Congressional Black Caucus and then, of course, as a head of the Democratic Party Caucus in the House. And uh, he's generally well-liked. He's generally well-connected. Uh, so for a long time people have been thinking that he would have been the next speaker had the Democrats kept uh, the House. So I think that's the best bet for Democratic leader. And then um, there's a few other people, uh, one from California, one from, from Massachusetts, to round it out, a woman and a, and a Latinx representative to round out representation. It's an interesting move. It's a, more of a slightly centrist move on the part of the Democrats to put this team together. They're not bringing in one of the really more pronounced progressives into the leadership structure, but I think the progressives believe that this is a cohort that they can deal with, people who are younger, people who are attuned, I think, to issues of um, what the left really wants. And it's a, frankly, slightly more diverse group, as I said. Now, all of this is going on as Republicans are getting ready to take over the majority and put forth a new agenda. What are you going to be watching for? Well, I mean, how much emphasis, you know, someone like Jim Jordan becomes a chair of the House Judiciary Committee uh, and what the House Oversight Committee does with the Biden administration. We've just turned into a divided government at the federal level that just does investigation after investigation. And it's not just the Republicans that have done this. I mean, you know, Democrats have done it in the past as well. Uh, but, de- you know, Republicans see a real turnout effect. In other words, they really want to keep their base engaged. They may have a conflict with the presidential ticket in 2024. We don't know what's going to happen there. So in order to keep the eye on the prize and keep control of the House, in particular in 24, they want to keep those people who voted for them this time really engaged. And it seemed to be anti-Biden, which, you know, got people out the door. So they want to keep their people. They're going to have investigations. I don't think it's going to result in any sort of uh, conviction in terms of impeachment. And the Republicans have to really watch it, because what we saw in this past election was just a sliver of independence that uh, Democrats needed voted for them, not the Republicans. And nobody thought that was going to happen due to inflation and the economy. But in, in fact, independents did not go back to the Republicans in big numbers, and that's going to be a real problem for them in 24 if they want to hold the House. So they can do the investigations, but if they go too far and don't focus on the things that people sent them there to do, I mean independents sent them there to do, I think it gets risky for them. That's exactly what I wanted to ask about, if it would backfire. And now I'm wondering if you would, we've got about a minute here, if you would anticipate more gridlock in the coming Congress or more forced cooperation. They have to work together because both majorities are so slim. 
Well, I think it's really up to the business community, honestly, and that's a vast community now, right, with domestic, international globalization, very powerful signals from contributors who contribute to uh, Republicans to say, you know, you can't mess with the debt ceiling. You know, that we have a debt ceiling and that we have such a big debt is not maybe the, the best thing, but we need to clear the debt ceiling, and they can't play chicken with the debt ceiling the way they have. I expect they will try, but in this case, Biden looks pretty firm on vetoing anything that will cut Social Security or Medicare, so that's going to lead to a shutdown, lead to a potential crisis, shake the markets. You know, if those signals can be sent sooner to Kevin McCarthy rather than later, I think that would be the most important thing right now. What we're looking at is budgetary, debt ceiling, fiscal. We want people to have faith in our economy and the way the government intervenes in the economy and preserves the economy. Uh, And I think those are big, important signals. And I'm not sure that the Republican caucus is unified around that, the importance of that kind of thing. All right, Wendy, thank you so much for taking the time with us on this Friday morning. Professor Wendy Schiller, director of the Alfred Tubman Center for American Politics and Policy at Brown University. Futures are higher. S&P futures at 24, higher by 24 points. Dow futures 141 points higher. NASDAQ futures 92 points higher. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by the Jewish Communal Fund. JCF's donor-advised fund is the smart, tax-efficient way to manage your philanthropy. Join a JCF fund now to lock in a 2022 tax deduction. Visit jcfny.org. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good Friday morning. I'm Amy Morris. And I'm Nathan Hager. We're about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers charges margin loan rates from 4.33 to 5.33%. Rates subject to change. Learn more at ibkr.com slash compare. Up first, Democrats in Washington are weighing Nancy Pelosi's replacement as House Democratic leader. The party's rallying behind Brooklyn native Hakeem Jeffries. Former New York Congressman and Democratic Caucus Chair Joe Crowley spoke with us about the shift in leadership. He's a great orator. He has great skills. He's very smart. And uh, I, I think he knows how to build coalitions. And that's what's so critical about being Congress. Former New York Congressman Joe Crowley spoke with our Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the show weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. Now to markets, Nathan, where stocks enter the last day of the week coming off two losing days, weighing on investor sentiment. More hawkish Fed speak. Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari says the inflation battle is far from over. We have raised interest rates a lot this year, so there's a lot of tightening in the pipeline. We have not felt the full effects yet, and yet inflation is still very high. Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari says the full effect of rate hikes may not be felt for a year or more. St. Louis Fed President James Bullard made similarly hawkish comments, saying interest rates should rise to at least 5%. To corporate news now, Amy, where Twitter turmoil continues. Elon Musk gave employees an ultimatum to adopt to the company's new work environment or leave. Many are not signing on. That's reportedly putting Twitter's operations at risk. Dan Ives at Wedbush Security says Musk's leadership does not inspire much investor confidence it's been a circus show and i think there was a view as a tesla holder that once musk 
bought Twitter, it would start to die down. But instead, it hasn't. Dan Ives at Wedbush says Musk has his hands full. He also says social media companies like Twitter have likely already seen their best periods for growth. And taking a look at some moving stocks this morning, shares of Applied Materials are up more than 4% after giving a sales forecast that topped estimates. Shares of Gap are up after beating third quarter expectations. And in crypto, Amy, Bitcoin's heading for a weekly gain following last week's 23% slide that came after the FTX exchange collapse. Checking Bitcoin now, it's up three-tenths percent at $16,730. That's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. S&P futures are up 24 points. Dow futures up 145. NASDAQ futures higher by 94 points. Local headlines and a check of sports next. This is Bloomberg. Thank you, Nathan. 6.33 on Wall Street. Let's bring in Michael Barr to tell us what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Amy. A dangerous storm that has the potential to bring heavy snow to western New York is already causing problems. Power outages are already being reported in the Buffalo area. Mark Polencars is the Erie County Executive. Uh, we've just been advised that there is a power outage of affecting 2,119 customers in the town of West Seneca. There are scattered scattered outages elsewhere. Erie County Executive Mark Polencars says more than three feet of snow is forecast through the weekend. Governor Kathy Hochul says that even though heavy snowfall is nothing new, this storm might be life-threatening. Be ready for the worst. Have plenty of food in the refrigerator. And be ready to check in on your neighbors. Governor Hochul is urging people to stay off the roads during the storm. The New York author who claims Donald Trump raped her in the 1990s filed a public copy of a battery lawsuit she plans to bring against him next week. E. Jean Carroll, a former advice columnist with Elle magazine, will file the lawsuit on November 24th, the day a new state law takes effect to temporarily lift the statute of limitations on civil claims for sexual offenses. The filing was in federal court in Manhattan. North Korea fired an intercontinental ballistic missile that landed near Japanese waters in the second major weapons test this month. Japan's defense minister says the missile launched this morning had the capability to reach all of the U.S. mainland. Vice President Kamala Harris. We strongly condemn these actions, and we again call for North Korea to stop further unlawful destabilizing acts. Vice President Harris is in Thailand for the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Leaders Summit. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy and his wife paid almost $1.8 million in state and federal taxes in 2021. According to a tax return summary released by his office, the Democratic governor also donated about $700,000. The couple reported federal taxable income of almost $5 million. Murphy is a retired senior director at Goldman Sachs. The House committee investigating the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol is pushing to complete its final report for release by early December. Some unfinished business includes whether to recommend criminal charges to prosecutors. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Amy. All right. Thank you, Michael.
Time now for the Sports Report, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. Thanks, Andy. Aaron Judge said last night he was nervous, waiting to hear if he was indeed American League MVP. He won easily, got all but two first-place votes. Last year's winner, Shohei Otani, a distant second. And Judge is the 14th Yankee to be MVP. Those 14 have won 22 MVP awards. Will Judge have a chance to be a Yankee MVP again? He needs a new contract. Said last night he's hoping to sign somewhere soon. The Cardinals' Paul Goldschmidt, who had finished in the top three in the NL voting three times, this time won for the first time. The guy who caught the ball in Texas, the judge hit for his record 60-second home run, turned down $3 million. The ball will be sold at auction. The Nets in Portland, tied late. Royce O'Neal inbounding in the front court for Brooklyn. Moves it out top. Durant's got it. Slips a bit. Spins right. Elbow. Fade away. Is no good, but tipped in. It's tipped in with point seven. WFAN and the Nets won 109-107. Royce O'Neal's tip in. Capping a night where he had 11 points, 11 rebounds, and 11 assists. Kevin Durant scored 35, and the Nets come home to play Memphis Sunday, and Kyrie Irving might return from his suspension. Knicks tonight visit Golden State. College Hoops, St. John's beat Nebraska by 20. Jack Soriano, 17 points, 18 rebounds. Local hockey all on the road. The Rangers scored late to tie, but they lost in Seattle 3-2 in overtime. The Islanders lost in Nashville 5-4. The Devils stay red hot. A 3-2 overtime win at Toronto. The Devils' 11th straight win. Week 11 underway. Tennessee won at Green Bay 27-17. The Titans are pulling away in the AFC South. The Packers are way behind in the NFC North. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports in all right, thank you, John. It is 6.37 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks and some of the names that are moving in the pre-market. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Creedy Gupta. Creedy, you have a busy report for us. A massive report, so get ready for the speed round, if you will. I'm going to start with the retailers, <laughs> uh, because you are still getting some of the numbers coming out. Gap, for example, is going to be our poster child here. GPS is your ticker. Those shares rising 8% in the pre-market. They came out with a sales beat, and of course we know Gap has really been struggling um, to kind of make their margins and deal with the supply chain issues, but also with that cut uh, relationship with the Yeezy brand as well. So nevertheless, they are looking to see a little bit of improvement now. Brokers did, however, cost that there is a backdrop that remains very difficult for the sector broadly. So any improvement that the gap does make comes with a little bit of a grain of salt. But for now, shares are rallying in the pre-market. So GPS is your ticker there. It's not the only retailer, though. we got to look at the two other ends of the spectrum, essentially the wealth effect, the higher income folks. We can look at that through far, the lens of, lens of Farfetch. FTCH is your ticker. They actually missed their estimates and cut their full-year guidance. Remember, this is not the message you heard from Macy's uh, earlier this week. Instead, Instead, they were saying, well, actually, things are going really well for the people who actually can eat the costs of inflation far-fetch, not so much. So that full-year guidance cut is really where their shares are getting punished this morning. FTCH shares down about 10%. On the other end of the spectrum, let's go to Ross Stores, R-O-S-T, another rally, up about 18% in the pre-market. They did beat those estimates. Morgan Stanley saying that the third quarter revenue acceleration makes them really excited about not just the fourth quarter, but next year as well. They said it only gets better from here. Uh, looks like something the shares are really responding to. Amy, R-O-S-T, up a whopping 18%. And you've got some tech sector to talk about, too. Always have plenty to talk about in the tech sector, but these are some kind of wonky names. For example, a cybersecurity company, Palo Alto Networks, P-A-N-W, analysts praising the cybersecurity company's solid execution. That's a really big deal at a time when the macro backdrop isn't that great, especially for cybersecurity. Nevertheless, shares are rallying about 8%. They did beat their estimates. And get this, the results-driven 
by all metrics, billings, revenue, profitability across the board, they did really well. I want to talk about HP though. HPQ is your ticker. Those shares are down about 2%. Credit Suisse cutting the computer maker to neutral from outperform on those macro risks. They're saying that the near-term revenue and the margin outlook are both at risk. And lastly, applied materials, AMAT, up about 4%. They issued a sales forecast that actually beat those estimates. So getting rewarded in the pre-market, Amy. All right. Thank you so much. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Creedy Gupta. Always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us, Creedy. And futures are higher. S&P futures up 24 points. Dow futures up 140 points. NASDAQ futures up 92. Ten-year Treasury down 9.30 seconds. The yield at 3.79%. The two-year yield at 4.48%. Much more still to come on Bloomberg Daybreak. This is Bloomberg. The Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local Tri-State Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. Nathan Hager watching futures rise this morning. Let's head right over to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call with Bill Maloney. Happy Friday, Bill. And good morning, Nathan. That's right. U.S. futures with a bid right now. At Dow futures up 130 points. S&P has gained 23, while NASDAQ futures are higher by 86. The U.S. 10-year yield at 3.8%. Gold trading higher by 2. Oil is in the red. And Bitcoin is little changed. Shanghai fell 0.6% overnight, while European markets are trading firmly in the green this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 10 o'clock is existing home sales. After the bell last night, Applied Materials and Palo Alto Networks both beat estimates. And regarding earnings this morning, Foot Locker EPS beat estimates, and the company raised its outlook. In other news, the Amazon CEO says that job cuts will continue into 2023. And wrapping things up, HP Inc. was cut to neutral over at Credit Suisse, and Walgreens Boots was raised to overweight over at J.P. Morgan. Live from the first of breaking news desk on Bill Maloney. Nathan? Yeah, Bill, watching shares of Foot Locker in the pre-market up 15% off that earnings beat. To get live breaking news over your Bloomberg, type squawk on the terminal SQUA Go. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Nathan, thank you very much. The Biden administration is expected to ask the Supreme Court to reinstate the original plans to cancel the student debt relief. Biden officials are concerned that many Americans will experience a financial strain if the relief plans fizzle out. House Democrats showed support for Brooklyn native Hakeem Jeffries as their next leader to succeed Speaker Nancy Pelosi after she announced that she is stepping down. In the NBA, the Nets lost. In the NHL, the Rangers lost to the Kraken in overtime, 3-2. The Devils won their 11th straight, this one in OT against the Maple Leafs, 3-2. The Islanders lost. The Bruins won. The Capitals lost in a shootout to the Blues, 5-4. In baseball, the Yankees' Aaron Judge won the AL MVP. The Cardinals' Paul Goldschmidt won the NL honor. Thursday night football, the Titans down the Packers, 27-17. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. 
Thank you, Michael. It is 649 on Wall Street. Let's turn to news in science and technology now. The Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT has joined with McKinsey and Company to establish a McKinsey Digital Capability Center specializing in biopharma manufacturing. Learn more at NJIT.edu. Now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. General Motors says its electric vehicle program will be profitable by 2025. The automaker is predicting annual revenue growth of 12% over the next three years, chiefly through rising purchases of EVs. GM says electric vehicle sales should top $50 billion in 2025. Amazon CEO Andy Jassy says the e-commerce giant will be cutting jobs into 2023 as it adjusts to business conditions. Jassy has been trying to reduce expenses amid slowing growth in several areas of Amazon's business. The company's projected the smallest revenue increase ever for its upcoming holiday quarter. And NASA's Webb Space Telescope is finding bright early galaxies that until now were hidden from view, including one that may have formed a mere 350 million years after the uh, cosmos creating Big Bang. Astronomers say if the results are verified, this newly discovered throng of stars would beat the most distant galaxy identified by the Hubble Space Telescope. Launched last December as a successor to Hubble, the Webb Telescope is indicating stars may have formed sooner than previously thought, perhaps within a couple million years of creation. That's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report, Amy. All right. Thank you, Nathan. We're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. It is 651 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include Nancy Pelosi not leaving the House, but she is stepping down from House leadership. House Republicans, meanwhile, are putting their agenda together for the next Congress. And Vice President Kamala Harris has met with allies on North Korea, condemning the latest missile launch from North Korea. Let's bring Bring in Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins now for these stories and more. And Emily, of course, we want to start with Nancy Pelosi. It is the end of her history-making tenure as the first woman to serve as speaker. She's one of the very few who's ever served twice. Uh, where does she go from here? So right now, Pelosi is saying that she is going to stay in Congress. She's going to stay and continue to represent her district of San Francisco. But obviously, this is going to be a huge shift for the Democratic Party, who's known Pelosi to be in leadership for for really just, you know, more than a decade now. You've got lots of members there who have, you know, never worked under anyone else leading their party. And so this will be definitely be a shift. I talked with a number of members yesterday who say they're glad that Pelosi is at least sticking around in the halls of Congress, even if she's not in leadership anymore, uh, that she's going to be a valuable asset for the party, particularly when it comes to fundraising. That That's one thing that, that she's truly a juggernaut at. Um, but we're now going to see a new generation of leadership step up. Uh, Brooklyn uh, Congressman Hakeem Jeffries is set to be the new leader of the House Democrats. Uh, also be looking uh, for Catherine Clark of Massachusetts and Pete Aguilar from California to begin stepping up into leadership roles. They're currently within the larger leadership team, um, and they're very much kind of seen as the, the heir apparent uh, for when you did see Pelosi as well as the other two top uh, Democrats in the House step down from their positions. But it'll be very interesting to see exactly how they maneuver. This is going to be a huge sea change for everyone. Uh, but at the same point, Democrats are going to be the minority, which, while not a lot of fun, does make things a little bit easier for them in terms of having to, to maneuver on a day-to-day basis. 
I, I want to get into the GOP majority in the House, but really briefly about the Democrats, this um, looking for a new leader. And it looks like it could be Hakeem Jeffries. But could the competition for this create more of a rift within the Democratic Party or an opportunity for them to unite and rally behind one leader? I have to say it's been really interesting, Amy, because we initially saw several folks put their names forward to be in that top spot. And then we saw basically everyone except for Jeffries withdraw their names. So there really does already seem to be a uniting behind Jeffries to be the next person. It seems that there have been a lot of negotiations that took place behind closed doors to really clear a path for Democrats to appear united in this moment. So as Republicans do take over the House, Emily, what does that agenda look like? So Republicans have been clear for a while now that their main thing is going to be investigations into Biden, Biden's family, Biden's administration. Um, you can expect to hear a lot of chatter in the next two years about Hunter Biden's laptop. We have already seen lawmakers begin uh, to talk and discuss that. And they've also said they want to figure out uh, the origins of the COVID-19 virus. They want to uh, do more research into a theory that it was created in a lab in Wuhan. They are also looking into immigration at the border. Uh, they've been very, very critical about Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, and he could be potentially facing impeachment charges if some members within Congress get their way. Um, the Republicans, though, it's going to be tough for them. They have a very, very narrow majority. It's going to be very difficult for them to navigate the different factions of their ca- uh, caucus and actually get legislation through. The good news is that they don't have to pass a whole lot. It's divided government. There wasn't going to be much they were going to get able to be done anyway. But the bad news is that you have some things that are absolutely must pass, raising the debt limit, passing those federal spending bills. And those can become absolutely huge blowout debates unless Republicans and Democrats do find a way to work together to get a few of those items passed. I wonder also for the GOP, is there a risk for them to focus so much on investigations when inflation is still top of mind? I think Republicans, they certainly ran on inflation, but they, when I always asked them, you know, what are you going to do? They said, no, we're going to cut back on government spending, cut back on government spending, cut back on government spending. Uh-huh. I don't think you're going to be seeing a lot of big government spending bills from Republicans the way that you saw from Democrats in the last couple of years. Uh, but I think there's also just the reality, Amy, that, you know, Republicans ran on inflation, but the reality is, is that there's only so much any lawmaker, including the president himself, can do to address inflation. Uh, so I think well, we might wind up seeing less spending from Republicans, but I think I will, I will leave it to the financial experts to say, to say where they expect inflation to go in the coming two years. And in our last minute here, Emily, Vice President Kamala Harris in Asia for back-to-back summits. What's her mission? So her mission is really to tell other nations in Asia that the U.S. is there for them. There's been a bit of a rocky relationship. If you remember, under President Obama, they forged that potential uh, trading deal that was off the table with President Trump. Now President Biden is putting forward sort of more of a, a bit of a, a wishy-washy proposal uh, that's really not quite at the strength that, that uh, Obama's was. And so Harris's main goal when she is there is to really convince everyone that, you know, the U.S. is still there, that they do still care about um, Asian nations. And, of course, this comes as tensions between uh, Beijing and Washington continue and that there is still a, a good bit of tension there. And I think for the U.S., they're trying to make sure that they do have some strong and secure footholds in the region. 
All right, Emily, thank you so much for taking the time with us on this Friday morning. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins. Always a pleasure. You can read more about these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg terminal. And a reminder, you can follow all the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Futures are higher. S&P futures up 24 points. Dow futures up 144 points. NASDAQ futures up 90 points. Ten-year Treasury up or down, rather. Ten-year Treasury down one thirty-second. Bloomberg Surveillance with Tom Keen and Lisa Abramowitz coming up next. Along with Nathan Hager, I'm Amy Morris. This is Bloomberg. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher-level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.